What's going on, guys? Zane here with Everything Vive. I want to welcome you back for another episode. I am joined by Ronnie. Ronnie, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, well, so first off, uh, before we jump in, just want to apologize to everybody who was trying to download the episodes through iTunes last week. Uh, just a quick shout out to uh, the listeners who... Um, brought it to our attention that there was an error there, and we uh, we worked with our hosting service, our hosting provider, which, if anyone's interested, is Blueberry, and uh, they're awesome. They actually just walked us through a, a lot of the issues that were happening, and um, it should be back up and running now. So for anyone who's having issues with episode number 61 on iTunes, uh, it is back up and running. We appreciate the patience, and um, yeah, if there's anything else like that that comes up in the future, definitely let us know, and uh just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the people that told us about it. And I want to give a shout out by name. Andrew Gotham was the first one who, who emailed us. So Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, it got me digging in with Blueberry to find out what was going on. And it looked like it was just something with the feed. So um, we are back up and running. But Ronnie, how you doing, man? How's everything going? I'm d- Yeah, no, uh, everything's been good. I had a super crazy week this past few days, but Things are starting to get back to normal. I still have kind of a, a crazy couple of days coming up, but um, had a good weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to things fully getting back to normal. But but yeah, but no, things have been good, and I have I have some interesting updates. Ups, uh, blah, wow, uh, interesting <laughs> updates to share with everyone. Yep. So yeah, looking forward to to talking. Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, that actually coincided with with the errors that we were having on the podcast, just not being able to figure that out with you being super busy. So we are back at it. Episode number 62 starts right now. And uh, to kick that off uh, on our last episode, we promised a Smashbox Arena Steam Key giveaway. So I want to announce the winner for that. Uh, And that person, this is your YouTube channel, is Spiffy Dizzy. So Spiffy Dizzy, you are the winner. Make sure you shoot us a message uh, through YouTube on our channel. Uh, there's a, a on the back end of the channel. You can message us your contact info, and we will make sure to get you the key for Smashbox Arena ASAP. Um, and yeah, moving forward, we're hoping to get some more uh, games to give away and such. But let's jump into the news, Ronnie. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so well, we got a couple quick news topics to cover before you kind of uh, give us the. The little update on your end in terms of VR, but mm-hmm. um, let's uh, we'll, we'll jump into the wireless stuff that I think is is pretty fascinating and well, just I mean everybody's waiting for wireless VR. So Quark VR and River uh, wireless service. Um, let's start with Quark. Quark VR released a video teaser. I don't know if you had a chance to catch that one yet, Ronnie, but it's about forty five seconds and it essentially just shows I believe their founder and CEO. Uh, using the Vive with it, and yeah, and for those for those who don't remember, because I think was was Quark VR the first wireless solution that we had covered. Um, they were one of the first, and what's unique about them is they're working directly with Valve. So it's okay. a it's a okay. partnership that's um, obviously very vital and something that uh, I think is obviously very beneficial to them since they are able to work with with Valve so on it. So real quick, so they're working with Valve, and as opposed to uh, who's working with HTC? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Cause, oh gosh, the name is slipping my mind right now. <laughs> Hold on. But the, yeah, no, 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 that's fine. 
Is that because it, it was slipping my mind? Too. I mean, honestly, there's been several, and yeah. we haven't heard that much um, in the past couple months from from many of these. So, uh, oh. shoot. Well, well, anyways, no, I just thought, <laughs> I, I just wanted to point out. I mean, as of right now, on the uh, as you know, regarding wireless solutions for the Vive, we essentially have you know multiple companies that are working on solutions. One of them sounds it sounds like is working directly with Valve, who is, you know, the one behind the underlying the underlying hardware. TPCast, that's the one. TPCast, there right. you go. So so Quark so Quark VR is working on a wireless solution with Valve. Yes, and TPCast and is working with HTC. With HTC. And then we also have some third parties that are are I guess working with neither. So it's kind of interesting just for people out there that might be interested in kind of knowing who's working on what with who and all that. Like, I wonder, yep. I wonder what that'll mean in terms of compatibility. Well, the two other names that, that have popped up for me and just, and just stuff that we've covered are River, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, and then also Quick VR. And it looks okay. like these are the third-party solutions which could actually be uh, cross-platform compatible. So if, if somebody were to have both platforms, uh, you know, these might be more appealing since uh, I'm sure, well, I, actually, I, sh- I shouldn't say that I'm sure, but, you know, since TPCast is working directly with HTC, I would assume that it's optimized to work with the Vive, um, mm-hmm. you know, and if if they, I'm sure they would probably expand maybe at some point, but TPCast mm-hmm. was part of the Vive accelerator program, so mm-hmm. uh I would assume that the at least first generation would be optimized for the Vive. But mm-hmm. yeah, getting getting back to Quark VR, they released that video. Uh, like I said, it's only 45 seconds. Um, and I was looking at the the notes on it afterwards. It's uh, two hours of gameplay on a single charge. And, you know, just from the video, you can see that it's connected to a battery pack and a switchboard on on his belt, essentially. And so... The Does wire- it look really big or it's like what... It what didn't look. It didn't look really big, but the wire is actually really long. So, mm. it's it's like the. I mean, because the wire is obviously, you know, if, if you have a Vive, then you know how long the wire is roughly. But it kind of just hangs down all the way, maybe to like where the guy's knees are, and then loops back up to his belt. And so, mm. for me, like I guess may, maybe that's not too big of an issue, but. I feel like there's some like action-packed um, vibe games, or you know, like I, first one that comes to mind is something like uh, the John Wick Chronicles, where uh, you know I'm kneeling on the floor or jumping around mm-hmm. or something, you know. And so I just feel like there's a, still a potential for the wire to get in your way if you were to step on it or you know mm-hmm. knock it loose from your belt or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. It's still cool to see. Like I said, I think competition is always going to breed innovation and, and you know make sure that we get the best types of uh, technology coming out when it comes to, to VR and to wireless. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad to see that. And the other one was um, River VR. And so uh, I want to make sure I have the name correct here. Saw this on Reddit. Okay, yeah, saw this on Reddit, and it was Rob Newt was uh, the username who posted the details. And it looks like the uh, he was or he or she was um, able to get into that first wave and give like a sixty dollar deposit for uh, River VR. I want to say back back in the end of twenty sixteen is when I remember seeing that. And so mm. they just got their first details or their email and posted that on Reddit. And so. 
Uh, just looking at the at quickly, some of the bullet points were that they just started working with the manufacturer in China to make them and that they intended to start shipping by the end of May. So I, I would say that this is the first wireless solution that actually has a ship date, although it's still tentative, obviously, but um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a month and date given uh, rather than, you know, TPCast was just talked about in terms of Q2, but we're, we're about a week away from Q2 already or less than a week mm -hmm. from Q2 and we still haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just cool for me to see why, you know, river wireless, um, being an option and you know they they said that they sent it out to journalists so we will be seeing more of this out in the media soon and um yeah i don't know what are, what are your thoughts ben are, are like are you leaning towards any specific one or is there something that jumps out to you just based on the information we have i now? mean i mean early on i was kind of, i mean not early i should say a couple of months ago just based on everything i knew i was leaning towards waiting for tpcast because i had heard you know great things about about that, the only thing I was a little bit worried about was the setup, whether it was going to be difficult or not for me personally to mount something else in addition to both of the Vive uh, sensors, uh, you know, to my setup. So that was that was kind of you know I was not super excited about that, but everything I had heard about the lack of latency and all of that with TPCast seemed really appealing to me. But that said, I mean I haven't heard a ton about it lately so yeah i've just kind of uh i'm kind of holding off to see more impressions to see like what the actual shipped uh versions of these wireless uh solutions are going to look like prior to to pulling the trigger so um but yeah i i personally was leaning towards tpcast because i was mostly interested in in getting the wireless solution for the vive um but we'll have to see if there's there's a good solution. I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly <laughs> yeah. super fond of having like you know extra cables either. That I mean, it's it's nice to not be tethered, but it's also part of part of that uh, benefit would also be not having to deal with cables. Period. So yeah, uh, no, that's 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 definitely a fair point. Uh, so what what's going to be interesting to see though, and I'm curious to get your thoughts is how each of them are implemented because they're all using, you know, somewhat different technology when it comes to transmitting the signal wirelessly. So in mm -hmm. going through, you know, the Quark VR and uh, watching the video and, and just reading through, I didn't see anything about an extra sensor, uh, which mm. is what the TP cast is supposedly said to have. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if that's the case for someone like you, where you're talking about not wanting to deal with an extra sensor, this might almost make a little bit more sense because, or not more sense, but it might be a little bit more appealing if the, yeah. you know, if the latency is going to be negligible or the differences in latency is going to be negligible across all the different options. Um, I think setup and actual logistics of how that wireless um, signal yeah. is transmitted will probably play a bigger role then. And so, yeah, you know, if, have, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it'll have to be a balance of all those things. Like originally, if you would have asked me a few months ago, I mean, all I cared about was, you know, low latency, low latency, low latency. But, I mean, practically speaking, really, you want a combination of as low latency as possible, but you also want convenience. You want the setup to not be too, you know, too uh, cumbersome and tricky in addition to what you already have set up. So I feel like this, the best solution would be something that kind of balances everything, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I wonder if there's almost a, you know, we were talking about like early bird gets the worm 
in mm-hmm. in one sense, but then the 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 other um, or the flip side of that is second mouse gets the cheese. So I wonder if maybe neither party or n- neither company wants to be the first first one out there because there's a yeah. lot that you can learn from the criticisms and reviews of you know the competitor that goes first and be able to quickly adapt and improve upon those and then release within a couple of months. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and who knows? I mean, we know in the background people are, you know, Oculus is working on a new headset. Vive is working on a new headset. We have third parties, come, you know, going to be coming out with, like, this LG headset. Like, who knows? A lot of these plans tend to change over time. So it's also possible that some of these companies are developing these relationships and they're eventually going to decide to hold off on releasing it right now altogether to to come out with something bigger and better on a future iteration of a headset. Like, it, it, I guess you just never know exactly, you know, how how things are going to turn out. So until it's actually released, uh, all you can kind of do is, you know, wait and see. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, I'm curious on a longer, longer term uh, outlook of it, though. I wonder how many of these companies might actually become uh, maybe irrelevant in the next year or two. Uh, if the if the next Vive or the next generation like Vive two or or you know Rift number two, uh, what if they you know what if they come out already being wireless in a sense? You know what I mean? Like what what if that's a built in feature that HTC um, invests in and makes sure that they include in in the technology of the second generation? And so yeah, therefore, exactly. you know what I mean. So I, and I, I mean that's kind of, that's kind of why like I mean if if we know that you know Valve is working with certain solutions and HTC is like one would assume if they were working with them, you know, in some capacity on, on the standalone, uh, you know, the standalone versions of these technologies that they wouldn't be able to also at the same time, just, you know, come out with their own that wouldn't like my gut feeling tells me that if you're a TP cast or, 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 you know, a quark VR, your goal is to try to, you know, make a partnership with one of those companies so that you can then have some some kind of a long term deal or contract with them, or potentially maybe, even be bought out by them or acquired exactly, by them. Yeah, exactly. So that's what. So yeah, like I I totally agree with you, but I see that most likely being a win for one of these companies rather than a lot. Like I don't see the companies working with with HTC and, and Valve being left out to dry, so to speak, by them coming out with their own in-house. I feel like they the, the reason Valve and HTC are working with these companies is because they don't want to have to make that stuff from scratch on their own, and it makes more sense to them to, to partner with someone that's going to be able to speed up the process maybe. so Absolutely. So... Well, we will still continue to uh, stay in a holding pattern until <laughs> until more dates and details come out across the board. But I think I, I think I'm in w- with you in terms of um, leaning towards TPCast at least still as of this point, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that there you know you know that it's going to be so well integrated with the Vive. Um, yeah. And so, you know, like unless something comes out, that's going to be vastly different. Uh, you know, Quark VR got my attention in the sense that they don't have an extra sensor, but that isn't like necessarily a make or break for me. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if, if it, it comes out of performance, right? You want the best performing, um, best performing uh 
yeah. headset and if, out there. So, and, and I mean, just imagine. I mean, if you get a, a wireless track, a wireless system that makes the experience noticeably worse in terms of latency, but now you're wireless. Are you really gonna? I mean, I personally don't know that I would feel great about. I mean, the wire isn't that cumbersome right now. It is sometimes, but other times, you know, you don't notice it that much. So, are you gonna? Are people gonna be willing to make a trade off and and making the experience noticeably worse in order to, you know, be wired? Like I don't know. Like I don't think so. So. Well, ideally, they wouldn't have to. I mean, I, I would yeah. really, really hope that if there is a wireless solution coming out for any of these, um, any of these options, that there's no trade-off near. Like, I mean, you wouldn't release it if there was some type of sacrifice, because I think most people wouldn't wouldn't pay, you know, a couple hundred dollars for an accessory that was going to, um, you know, ne- necessarily make them decide to to have that trade-off. You know, like it yeah. just. Like you said, the wire isn't that bad, and if my experience is going to decrease a little bit um, in terms of like in headset versus not having to deal with the wires, um, yeah, I mean it, it would depend a lot on where people place the value. But I would say you wouldn't get a hundred, you know, percent across the board uh, adoption of of the technology at that point. Yep, agreed. Cool, man. Okay, so let's go on to one more quick news point, which is just something that I think uh, you're probably more excited about um, than I am, just since uh, I'm still new to to this. But Bethesda's Fallout 4 VR announcement um, looks like they are going to be announcing something big at E3 and have a demo booth. But what have you heard? Yeah, yeah. No, basically the same thing. I mean, I've, I'm going to be at E3 this year, so I'm excited to try to... Uh, honestly, that's one of the... Like when I heard that they were going to be showing off Fallout 4 VR, I immediately got. I mean, if I have to stand in line and waste a bunch of my time to go and see that, I mean, that's the thing I'm going to go see. Because right now, as far as you know, big projects that are that are on on the you know big projects on the horizon for VR, I, there isn't anything bigger than than Fallout 4 and VR and 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 what Bethesda is doing there. So. So yeah, so I'm super excited about that. They're saying that people are going to be blown away by it, so they're obviously not shy about about meeting people's expectations. So let's let's see what they have to offer. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I I knew you were going to be at E3, so I'm excited for you to be able to try that out. And I figured once that came out, you were kind of jumping oh, for yeah. joy with the opportunity. For sure, for sure. And and like I said, like I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going to go want to go see that. So. I mean, it could potentially mean a long line for me, but I mean, right now, like I said, there's uh, there's little else that that's going to garner as much attention in the VR space as as Bethesda's next. Uh, they've been spending a lot of time um, adapting adapting it, and so it'll be curious to see how they how they do that. For sure, man. Well, I'm excited for you. So we'll see. And uh, what is it, like two months away or a little bit over two months away now at this yeah, point? Yeah, so it's, it's in it's er, early yeah, June. Yeah, a little bit because it's in June. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, well I'll, I'll be expecting a, a full report from uh, from that demo booth right after you're done. For sure. No, that'll be awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get into uh, what you and I were actually really excited to talk about for this episode before we hit game talk. And that is the fact that you made another VR investment. Yep. So uh, for those that have been listening on the show for quite a while, um, 
you know, particularly at the beginning, I may have mentioned it then, but when I first purchased, I mean, I bought my Vive right when the Vive was released, and you know, I I pre-ordered it and and got it, you know, one of the first shipping, uh, one of the, you know, that first couple weeks. Yeah, whatever. yeah, at launch. Yep, at launch. There you go. That that's better said. So so anyway, so I I had pre-ordered an Oculus as well, and everybody kind of knows the all of the issues that Oculus had shipping out um, its stock. So I ended up getting my Vive way before that, and after I had already kind of you know doubled down on. I'm thinking everything I had heard about, you know, the lighthouse tracking system and everything, just room scale VR sounded like how I wanted to experience VR more so than Oculus. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm a VR enthusiast. I'd been, I, I owned the original Oculus dev kit. And so, so I had doubled down and, you know, I had decided to, to, you know, to focus more on the room scale vibe stuff um, but eventually my Oculus did ship. And at the time I figured, you know, oh, well, like I had already pre-ordered it. These are going to be low in stock. I can always, if I'm not interested in, in keeping the Oculus, I can always sell it or something like that. And so I let it come and week after week kind of went by and I didn't get around to trying to sell it for, you know, two or three months. And then after that, I, I did put it up a few times, um, but no one really ever bit at you know and i even i was just trying to sell it for what i got it for but at the same time i definitely wasn't interested in really lowering the lowering the price much more than that because i hadn't opened the thing yeah that's fair. so anyways i mean long story short um i wasn't able to sell it and it's just been sitting there in in its box unopened for about a year now because i think the 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 launch date is it's almost the anniversary i think it was sometime in in April, technically, when it was released. So, so I finally, you know, with, with last week's sale and everything on, you know, they lowered the price of the headset, Oculus did, as well as the touch controllers. And I saw that, you know, the touch controllers now were, were 100 bucks, $99. And with that came quite a few games. So realistically, it seemed like it was the time to do it. So if I wasn't going to sell the Oculus, I might as well pick up Oculus Touch controllers because I really did, uh, you know, have a great impression of those when I had tried them at Best Buy um, a few months ago. You know, around launch. So, so yeah, so I I purchased the Touch and I set up an Oculus today and I played my first my first Oculus game here in my in my living room. Oh man, you've gone to the dark side. It's over. <laughs> so I mean, I guess I guess from you know, from someone that's been using a Vive for almost a year now, and then for the first time having to do all the Oculus stuff, I will say it was really pretty easy to do. Um, well, but I, I want to get like a full, like your full experience uh, and sure. comparison, un, as unbiased as possible, which I think yeah, that you, you so, can do because you're you're just a VR fan in general. Exactly. So, so yeah. So I will say that um, the presentation of the box is really slick. I mean, when you open the box, it feels like a very premium product. Um, it's very, very like like I said, like the box itself feels like of high quality. And you know, you open it, everything you know is 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 covered in in like you know uh, cloth, and and you open up the, it almost feels like a magnetic sealed box. 
you open it up and and you have the headset in there like laid out all nicely and everything and, and so yeah first impression is 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 strong um what about setup though yeah setup was was actually much easier than the vive though i don't think the vive is very difficult to set up to be honest with you um it it's super straightforward super easy i'm lucky in that i have a lot of uh, USB 3.0 ports on my computer already. For some people out there, that might be an issue because um, I know in the past, so whereas the Vive really works best with USB 2.0 ports, uh, this requires USB 3.0, and not all USB 3.0 ports apparently work great with it. And you need, I mean, if you're going to be using a touch, you lit- you have to use three ports. Three USB ports in addition to the uh, the the HDMI, so that's kind of crazy, actually. I mean, because you need uh, one USB 3.0 port per sensor. The headset comes with a sensor, and then you also get a sensor with the touch controllers, and then the headset itself also has a USB. So you're talking three USB 3.0 ports that you need open, and they need to work with it. And then, and then, yeah. So, but I mean, that said, it's super easy. I mean, during the setup process, you go to Oculus.com/slash/setup, you download something, you install it, and then the setup process is super simple. You basically just plug everything in, put it. It, it was a little bit weird. Like I felt like, like I didn't really fully understand what it was doing when, um, when you first set up the actual trackers. It wants you to put them, you know, on the left and right sides of your desk. And, you know, so that they face out into, like, the center of your play area, whatever they call it. And, and, uh, and then once you kind of, if you're setting up with an Oculus Touch, they say, all right, pull, put your Oculus Touch, uh, you know, at eye level. And then click the trigger. All right, now that you've done that, you rotate the Oculus Touch so that the sensors are in the position that they are on, on your desk, and and see for someone that has only set up a Vive, like you might not know what I mean, but like literally, as I moved the Oculus Touch sensor, it moved on the the computer screen, the places where the cameras were set up, like it was really strange, like literally now. So like, it, it moved the play area essentially. Not the play area. It literally moved where the computer understood the sensors to be located. Gotcha. Okay. Like it's it's like it's like the sensors saw the touch controller, but then that didn't necessarily tell the computer where the sensors were. I had to then use the touch controller to move. Like net, so it basically like set two points relative to where I was holding the, the the controller. But so now I had to move the controller, and when I move the controller, the two dots like get stuck with it, but move around with it. And I had to move those two dots, like I had to move my controller until the two dots were roughly in the same space as the sensors actually were on my desk. And then hit the trigger again, and it kind of locked the two sensors in place. If that makes sense, uh, it was really. I'm it's, having. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm having it, trouble it, trying to trying to visualize really my head. Like, okay. Like imagine, imagine if you were setting up your Vive, 
And you know how, I mean, instantly it see it knows where, where the trackers are in the room and you can see them up there. Yeah. Imagine if when you, when you first use one of the controllers, you hit a trigger and now, as soon as you hit that trigger, whenever you move the controller, those two sensors move in space with the controller. Like, like, like it's locked, right? Yeah. And then imagine if you moved your hand, it was like it rotated the whole room based on your mo- movement. Yeah, okay. I think I, it's, it, I think I get what you're saying. It's weird. Like, I'm just saying it was, it was strange. Like... I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like it didn't, it felt like it should know where the sensors were automatically based, but, but it didn't. So anyway, okay, I mean, well, maybe, maybe someone out there, no, but I'm yeah, trying yeah. to explain to you because like, I actually thought that that portion of it was more difficult and kind of weird and not as intuitive as setting up a vibe is like, okay. Fair vibe point. system, the vibe system, you turn them on. Like, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's not the easiest thing to find the ideal place to kind of stick them in your room. But once you do that, they know where they are. Like, it doesn't really matter where they are. Like, you're, And they can easily signal if they're in sync with one another, too. Yeah. So I've never had issues with that. But setting up this, it just seemed really strange. Like, it didn't. But anyways. But, All right. Well, but, but, but you got it set but yeah. up. How, yeah, how so, long did so that one, take? Oh, super. I mean, much quicker than a Vive just because you don't have to actually set up the sensors like high up in the air and whatnot. Gotcha. You literally okay. kind of set them on your desk. And actually, I mean, the first couple times, it wasn't really, it wasn't seeing me great. I moved them around a little bit. And now, then just quick, quickly to interject, do you, did you get a third sensor as well? Or are you no, working with two? No, I didn't. Okay. I, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know that I will. Um, just yeah, just so curious, just, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I set up those two sensors and one, and it was, like I said, other than that kind of weird, non-intuitive uh, section where you had to click where the sensors actually were, um, everything else was super simple and, and then, you know, you're, you're good to go. But the one thing that, like, I, I mean, immediately when it started working in the game, I didn't think that it... Like I'm not impressed so far with how it tracks, and it's not so like the latency is fine. Like it, that all works fine. I didn't feel feel like it was. It's just from time to time, I think because I'm so used to the vibe, I m- maybe move outside of its tracking area or or like it's very unforgiving when in terms of like turning around. Like if you turn, if you're used to a vibe where you can just turn in 360 degrees and never worry about it, all of a sudden with the vibe, I mean with the with the Oculus with a normal touch setup, you really it really doesn't want you to do that. Like as soon as you turn around to look behind you, like there's a very good chance that it's going to lose tracking of the controllers or or other things like that. Tracking so of the really, controllers, but what about the headset? I never noticed it, okay. but at the same time, there were a couple times here and there where it felt like the headset kind of got a little bit out of sync for a second. Because like I feel like that gen- can be a very jarring feeling every time you turn around. Yeah, it was. So the best way to put it is it was less, I felt like it was less jarring 
than when something goes wrong with the Vive, in my opinion. But it happened a little bit more frequently than I than I'm used to with with the Vive. So like, whereas the Vive usually never breaks for me, but when it does, it's like really weird. Yeah, no, I've had that too. With, with the Oculus, it seems to break a little bit more often, but when it breaks, it's not as like bad. But but well, overall, okay. but 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 overall it bothered me more because it just felt like, and, and like I said, I'm new to using an Oculus. Maybe I need to adjust my sensors a little bit. I don't know, but I think it's just the nature of how they want you to set it up. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a limitation of the hardware. Like I do think the sensors are probably fine. Like, I don't think they're from what I understand, they're not as great as the lighthouse sensors, but I think they're pretty good, but I think how when they want you to stand and set these things on your desk, I think just just generally like that limit that limits the amount that you're going to be able to move around and in, 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 in space. So so using the two on your desk rather than putting them up high that you know where they're going to have a great vantage point of view at all times, I think is going to cause issues, you know, like it more so than if they were, it was exactly the same technology, but they gave you some kind of mounting hardware and told you, we want these in these kind of weird positions. Like if you think about it, the Vive is pretty, they make you put these in the ideal locations to have the best tracking experience possible. Whereas the Oculus setup to me seems like they kind of looked at it as, well, where is someone going to want to put the sensor? And then they kind of like designed around that to where, okay, well, people are going to be at their computer and that means they're going to have a desk. So they're going to want to set the sensors on their desk. So then like, you know, so then the sensors kind of, you know, work around the limitations of, well, if you're going to set up two sensors, what's the best way to do that if, if you're limited in this kind of space, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what, and, and obviously it's different if you have a third sensor and all that stuff, and I don't really know how that would work, like what they would give you if that third sensor is, because this sensor, I mean, it has a little teeny stand, like it's almost like a, a mini, like, mic, you know, it's, it's a really small stand so i don't know if if the third sensor is just another one of these it again it seems kind of like a weird solution and like i i definitely don't think that this stuff is made for room scale so so at any rate well at any rate let's so so, so go ahead go ahead (laughs) yeah so so moving so so all that said i think the touch controllers are great um again there's some limitations in terms of I'm not super impressed yet with how it detects your hands. Like it's more, it's less about detecting your hands and more about mimicking hands based on where you pull down on the, on the controller. So I wouldn't say like when, when I think about the touch controllers, I don't think of it in terms of it actually seeing your fingers. It's more like they've placed triggers in places on the controller Mm -hmm. to where if you're touching those or holding them down, um, 
it has a good sense of what you must be doing with your hand and mimics that in the game. So like like the way the the grip the grip button uh, makes you pull your your fingers in, like it you know in the game if you're not pulling the trigger with your index finger but you're pulling the the grip button with your other three fingers, it knows then that you're pointing. So it makes like a pointing finger, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no. Because I, I, I remember like the gestures that they were, you know, really excited about when the controllers yeah. came out. But, no, so, but all that stuff is cool. It's it's very cool. It's what about like ergonomics like, and stuff though? Like in terms of controllers? Oh, like, great. You like, don't, you don't how would you compare like, them to the, the wands? Um, it's like... It, I mean, it. Hmm. I mean, they are. They feel better uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, going from from playing a few touch games to then switching over to the Vive and doing some stuff with the wands, the wands did feel like far less comfortable because it feels like the wands are kind of like a one size fits all kind of thing. Whereas, and and I haven't played enough with the Oculus Touch. To see how it's going to feel in other types of setups, um, most of, the only game I really played, like you know, I guess spoiler, um, is Robo Recall. Well, I, we, I mean, if you're ready, I'm saying I think we can just transition to our game talk because that's that's going to yeah. be your game. So, how how is the gameplay mechanics? And you can talk specifically about yeah, so, Robo Recall. So, I mean, but just, yeah, just to to finish on the on the touch control. I mean, in that game, it's basically your hand and you're holding guns, so it's super intuitive because like. You know, basically, it lets you the way you hold the touch controller. It's just like, uh, it, I mean, it's 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 very. It feels like it just fits right in your hand, and so there isn't. It's not like you're holding something large. It's more like mm-hmm. there's just something that your hand is kind of just naturally kind of you know like inserted into kind of. Okay. So so yeah so it so so that's so so but but that said like. Man, it's it feels great, and it makes me really excited about those Valve controllers that they're working on because I think I think you can do with some of the ways the button. I mean, there it doesn't require you to use a lot of the other buttons on the Oculus Touch controller, at least in the game that I played. Um, Are there any well, other buttons aside from? Yeah, I, I guess in just comparison to to the ones, like okay, you have. The trigger and, and the grip, but like yeah. and the menu button. But aside from that, was there anything else that was added in that was you felt was I mean, essential or, so or really game changing? I mean, so I mean, it's just the placement of everything is better. I think, um, like especially in Robo Recall, I don't know what that's going to be like necessarily with on the Vive, um, but with the touch controllers, I mean, the the grip button feels much more like a real grip. Than the grip button does on the wands, because for me, like the I, the thing I like about the wands, in a sense, better. But there's kind of a trade-off, is that you really have to push those those grip buttons to really activate them. So while and sometimes holding, people have a little difficulty finding them or getting to them too. Yeah, exactly. But like so, so that's like a blessing and a curse, right? Like on the on the the, it's a benefit because you don't hit them by accident. But then it's hard to actually hit them when you need to sometimes, and they're kind <laughs> of a little bit, and they're kind of a little bit down low. Like it doesn't necessarily feel like they're right. Like you kind of have to hit them more with like your pinky. Like they're not like the trigger. I mean the the grip button on the Oculus Touch controller is very much like 
right where it's it's as easy to hit with your with your pink your like middle finger down to your pinky like those three fingers uh-huh it's as easy to hit with those as the trigger is with your index finger like it's literally it feels like another trigger it's like there's two triggers on each of these controllers there's a trigger that is your grip trigger and then there's a trigger that's your actual index finger trigger that's how it feels and so and so the 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 benefit then is when you're actually holding like let's say you're holding a gun in a game like Robo Recall it's literally it feels like you're holding a gun like it's you wrap those three fingers around the controller and by doing that you're pushing on the on that that grip trigger button and it pulls in just like a trigger and it's very very like it feels like you're actually holding down the trigger. Yeah. Or not that okay. it, it feels gotcha. like you're gripping something, I should say. Okay. So and then and then your index finger is still free to pull the actual trigger on the gun. So so it feels I mean it like holding holding guns using the grip buttons on the Oculus Touch is much more satisfying to me and much more intuitive. And holding the trigger on, or I mean, holding the grip button on the Wandes to hold a gun using the Vive. So, like my my best analogy, like, and I haven't played this game on the Oculus, but Raw Data, for example, there's a way in Raw Data that you can set up the controls where you have to hold down the grip button in order to hold your gun, right? Mm-hmm. If you let go of the the grip button, you let go of the gun. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, and, and I think that and other games have done that too, but like so like just in general, so when for me using the Vive controller and the grip the grip button on the Vive controller the Vive wand in that fashion, to me feels kind of weird. Like holding down that, that grip button all the time, it doesn't feel natural and it's kind of after a while feels like I'm I'm kind of pressuring my hand in a way that it doesn't want to really be pressured. As opposed to feeling more natural with the, yeah. the touch. With the touch, it feels like if I close my hand on something, it, like holding the grip button feels like I'm just hold, closing my hand on something. So it, it feels much more natural and comfortable to hold it for extended periods of time to actually hold the gun. And so and so I guess transitioning there to Robo Recall. Oh, well actually one more thing just on the hardware side. I was surprised, as slick as the headset is for the Oculus, I actually like the headset for the Vive better. And I didn't think that I was going to... I thought that one of the things that I was going to like more about the Oculus was just the, the ergonomics. Yeah, and, that's what I was going to say. And, and I mean, it is slick. Like it, it looks slick and feels like it's well-made and everything. But the way the strap kind of latches onto your head versus I actually think the straps on the Vive headset as they came, as they came, you know, with the launch units and everything, uh, secures the headset a lot better on your face than the Oculus. It feels like it's more of a tight fit. And I, and maybe it's just because I've been using it for so long and I like it, you know, feeling nice and secure so that I can, when I'm doing my movements and everything, it's not that the Oculus, Felt rift feels like it's going to come off of your head. It just doesn't feel super secure and tight, and so you feel a little bit, 
it, it feels like you're wearing something as opposed to, I mean, again, I'm used to the vibe, so I'm used to the weight and all mm-hmm. that. But like once the vibe is on your face, it feels like you're just seeing, right? Yeah. But, but and, and part of the Oculus issue too is that the field of view for me is noticeably smaller. I mean, right away when you put the headset on your face, you see on your right, the right and left periphery of your vision, black bars. Like it's literally like it feels wow, like okay. that like, that obvious. It's it's I think if you're used to a vibe, especially I mean I I kind of cheated a little bit because I have one of the VR cover, uh, like foam, yeah, uh, like leather things on my and and it, I have the small one so it helps to create a wider field of view because it's closer to your face. Yep, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, night and day for me wow, okay. using using my Vive with the VR uh, with the VR cover uh, like six millimeter. I think like the small uh, the small cover. I mean, the small foam padding is much mu- much wider view. And here, it's definitely instead of a rounded view, it's definitely like a straight line, and it's very noticeable. So for me, I feel like it's much more. I feel like I'm looking through like some kind of scuba gear or something more so than I do when I'm in the Vive. The Vive has different drawbacks. I mean, the cable is a little bit heavier. Um, the whole headset so is a little bit heavier too. The whole headset is definitely noticeably heavier. What, what about the light, the kind of like light bleeding through, uh, you know, just above the bridge of your nose. I've heard that is an issue with Oculus as well as compared yeah, to Vive. You, you notice it, but that, didn't like it didn't break it for like it I didn't really worry about that so much I didn't think it was big enough at least for me it's not as a big enough hole as like some people like I wouldn't be able to really look out of it to see what I'm doing or gotcha. like that. It's, it it's wasn't like, like as immersion breaking as no if people say no it is. no but like the thing that I noticed right like more so is just that the headset in general feels like it's not as securely fastened to my face as the vibes and and like I said, the Vive, like if I'm going to have a headset on, like this headset is not easy to take off. Like the, the Rift doesn't come off easily. N- neither does the Vive. But if, if I'm going to have something on my face that's hard to take off, I'd rather have it really feel secure than kind of not yeah. feel secure and not be easy to you know, take I, off. Like, I did try the, the, the Rift at a demo, um, and I remember it being rather complicated and kind of frustrating to take on and off. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's funny that you're mentioning the same thing. Cause I don't know if it, it was just me or the way that the guy was putting it on, but it sounds like yeah. it might be uh, just no, and I mean, in comparison. I'm, I'm sure if I take off the straps every time, like I do with my Vive, it wouldn't be as hard, but the kind, they kind of make it where, how you kind of pull the strap. Like there's, there's a Velcro straps on, on the sides and the top, just like the, the Vive. But then there's also some kind of springing action in the, excuse me, hold on. There's also some springing action to kind of pull the, because the, it secures on the back of your head to carry some of the weight. And it has kind of more structurally rigid sides. And it lets you kind of pull it in and out. And so to me anyways, it seems like it encourages you to once you have the strap set up for your head to not worry about that anymore and then just to take it on and off using kind of the spring, you know, loaded like back thing. 
And to me, doing that kind of hurt. Like, because I tend to like it a little bit tighter. And so I think I put the straps tight on my head. And then, and then in order to get it on and off without adjusting the straps, then becomes work. So maybe it's just me needing to, you know, not be the late, take the lazy approach on getting it on and off and to actually. Well, I'm you sure know, you're not the only one, though. Yeah, but but it but it is less like it did it does hurt a little bit more like it's a little bit more annoying to kind of take on and off than for me anyways to do the the vibe because the vibe I'm just I'm very very quick now at just like you know ripping the straps off on the sides and just taking the thing off and I, you and know it, some people are able to just slide it up and down um you know what what I've seen so yeah so so at any rate like so that's that and then the other thing I mean it's there's pros and cons to all these things. Um, I, for me at least, I, I see noticeably less God rays. So it's that, you know, distortion where if something's really bright in the vibe, you kind of see it reflect off of the rings on the lenses. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a glare. Well, you get less of that with the Oculus, but after using it for a while, I think the reason you get that less is because the, I think the screens are overall less bright. So because the brightness isn't as high, it doesn't reflect as much. And I think that's the reason. But then you have the downside of just the images look a little bit more washed out, a little bit less bright compared to the Vive. So I don't know if that – I think it's kind of like a, a balancing thing. Like for some people, they're going to really like the the brightness on the Vive more. And for other people, they're going to like – you know they're, they're going to be distracted by the God rays more on the Vive and – They'd prefer it to be less bright with the so that's kind of like a, you know, uh, you know, you either like one or you don't. Yeah, no, that's kind of thing. Okay. It's balanced, but like, but yeah, the the field of view though to me is definitely noticeably lower, or, or yeah, de it's definitely less of a field of view in the Rift than the Vive, and the Vive just feels like it's more secure in my face, especially with my VR cover. Uh, peripheral. So, so I wonder if if that could get any better. If I bought a special, uh, a special, you know, face foam mask thing for my Rift, I don't know. Um, but that was just my first impression. So, and 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 then the other thing was just that the uh, that the cord on the Oculus Rift is much shorter than the Vive, and obviously that's because the intended use is much different. But I mean, even in the small area that I was using for my Rift. Um, the way I have my, my, my system, um, you know, like positioned in my desk and everything, um, it was really, it kind of, it kind of caused some issues. Like it was, it was too, like I would, I would like to, and, and it does come with an extension cable for, for USB, but, it, but nothing for, for the HDMI. So I would like to try to get extension cables or something for it potentially, but but those are just some some quick on the hardware style. <laughs> gotcha. So, okay. Well, let's, so, so, so let's transition over to Game Talk then and talk because yeah. uh, I'm excited to hear about Robo Recall. This so Robo Recall is great. Like in all honesty, if there's one thing I can say about that, I mean, my experience so far is I just wish Robo Recall um, came out for the Vive because <laughs> because I like I felt restricted with the Rift a little bit just in terms of. I felt like anytime I turned around, things would get kind of wonky and out of sync because I'm used to being able to turn around in VR. So that's something I need to get more used to. And then also just 
I had it set up to be optimal, uh, an optical play area with the uh, with the rift, but it was a much smaller area than what I have set up for the Vive, and so for that reason too, I felt kind of a little bit claustrophobic in terms of how I was able to move around and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the the rift is made for smaller smaller rooms, so I don't know if that's you know whatever it is what it is. I mean, what um, was because uh, I don't know anything about Robo Recall to be honest. Like, I mean, what yeah, what was the so movement me, system like? Yeah, so it's really cool. So, so I mean, just in general, it's it was a very polished. I don't think. I mean, the more I think about it, I don't think there's any game that I've played on the Vive yet that feels as polished and as like uh, just well done as Robo Recall on the Oculus. And 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 so so Robo Recall is. Uh, I mean, it's it kind of feels like an it's a wave based shooter. First of all, kind of um, there is like teleportation, so you can move around um, in the environments. So you're not lo- you're not stuck to one place. But usually, what they do is they have you move to one place, stand there, and shoot a bunch of guys for a while. And then when you've taken them all out, it then asks you to move to the next spot. And you can move around in that area, but they kind of like they have you move to an area and then fight there for a while and you can teleport around in that area and fight things for a while. Um, but they mostly don't make you do that too much. They mostly just kind of, you know, if you really wanted to, you could probably stay in one area, shoot everything. And then, and then once you're done with that area move on. But, uh, but basically the setup. So it's like the menus are really slick, kind of feels like street fightery, like, like eighties eighties and nineties <laughs> arcade. Yeah. It's like Robo Recall. And like the fonts and everything. It just really reminds me of like eight late eighties, early nineties arcade. Arcade type. games, yeah. Yeah. And and the graphics are great. And it starts you out, I mean, not to give too much away. I mean, this is like the first few minutes anyways, but um basically you're in this city like new york or uh, it's just a I, I don't remember if they say what the city was or not but you know large city and it's in the future there's robots everywhere i'm not sure if you're a robot or not it doesn't really say at least not yet um but everyone on the street there's just robots everywhere there's just these like humanoid looking robots but they're very i am a robot like very roboty, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like funny. Like literally, like everything's a robot. There's like a robot like doing shop with shopping bags, and like a robot, like just everybody is a robot. And you, there's like a, a TV playing in one of the the in like a window on like a street corner, and all these robots are gathered around the TV to see what it's saying because breaking news, like you know, robots are running are. There's some kind of defect that are causing robots to go crazy or something. And all of a sudden, all the robots go crazy around you and turn on you, and then it starts the game. And then it takes you to a menu where you do all the normal tutorial stuff. And essentially what it is, I mean, the, the, the idea behind the game is that you're in a world where there's robots everywhere, and the robots are going crazy. And so you're, the, you're almost like a repo man. Like, you're the... You're the. That's why it's called Robo Recall. You're literally going and taking out all these robots that have like gone crazy from this defect, and so they like drop you in, and you're supposed to take out all the robots. So and that's 
Okay, no, go, go ahead, finish. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's kind of the setup on the game. So you're taking out all these robots, but then the mechanics of it are really, really well done. And I've only played like the first you know, level or so of the game so far, but just like you, you grab pistols from your hips, like you have two holsters, and each pistol has like 20 bullets or something. But then they they explain it away like oh they're gonna transport you anytime you run out you you need a new pistol they'll transport you a new one in your holster and so you basically take out your pistols you hold them with the grip button so you're you're actually like at any time if you release the grip button and just like dart your hand out you can throw your your gun right and that's also a weapon so you can so you just grab out your your guns. And, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. And then at any time you want, you can just throw the gun at, you know, kill the robot with by throwing your gun. Grab another gun. And there's instantly a new gun in your holster. And you're shooting more gun, and then throwing them. And so, like, literally, if you wanted to, you could just grab a gun, throw it. Grab a gun, throw it. Grab a gun, throw it. Instead of, like, actually shooting if you really wanted to. It's like it's another way to, like, just manipulate things. Mm-hmm. And then, likewise, if instead of grabbing the 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 pistol from your holster if you if if one of the robots is close to you you can just grab the robot you can like pull the robot's arm off and hit it like beat it with its <laughs> own arm and just like kill it that way that's or pretty yank, cool pull, pull is it, it cartoonish in a sense no it's actually like pretty good graphics oh, like, okay all right like actually really detailed like like when you yank the robot's head off it doesn't just come off there's like wires like coming off of the head and like they're like everything is like really really looks great. I mean, if there's one complaint about it's that as 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 much interaction as there is with the enemies and like the stuff that's coming at you, there isn't any interaction with like the environment around you, which feels kind of weird. So like, there's a lot of. I mean, it's really detailed and it looks really good, like realistic graphics. Like there's cars on the road and all that kind of stuff, and if you shoot the cars, it doesn't do anything. It just like bounces off. So that's kind of lame considering like how great it is when you're shooting. Like when you kill these robots, like it looks great and it feels great. Mm-hmm. And literally there's like little spider robots. They jump on you. You can just grab them in the air and throw them at the other robots or like, <laughs> and, and then, and then the other thing that's cool is like, is the, if the robots shoot, shoot at you with their own guns, it kind of slows down just a little bit and you can just grab the bullet out of the air and then you throw it back at them, and when you throw it, it just turns into a real bullet and just, like, kills them. So you can, like, grab their bullets out of the air. You can throw it back at them, and, it just, and it's like it shot out of your gun. You can throw your pistols at them. You can grab – eventually you get, like, shotguns and different kind of weapons and stuff. You can, like, pull those off, off your back and shoot them. And, and, like, another cool thing is let's say – remember how I told you how um, – you know the 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 guns themselves are kind of like disposable, so yeah. you could like shoot five shots and then just throw the gun at the guy, kill him that way, and grab another gun and start firing again. Well, let's say you're if you wanted to, your gun. Let's say you run out of bullets on your on one of your pistols. Instead of just throwing it at them and then like forgetting about it, you can literally let's you can shoot all your bullets out of your gun, throw your gun at a at a robot. And if you throw it like straight on, slow, it gets into slow mo. It bounces off of them, 
And you can grab it back and now it's reloaded. Huh. Wow, this so literally is, okay. you can like you can like throw your gun at them, bounce it off their head, and then grab it back in the air and start shooting it again. <laughs> and it reloads your gun that way. Such a it's perfect like action sequence. Yeah, it's like really silly, like fun, like it's really arcadey, but like but realistic too. Well, and like really so it's cool. Like it feels like like it really is like really frenetic and it feels like like if you are fast enough, you can kinda do anything. Like like it's not easy. Like I mean they throw they throw enough at you to where if you're not paying attention, there will be like you will get hit by bullets and all that kind of stuff. But it feels like it's always within your control if you're fast enough and paying attention enough for you to literally catch every bullet or or ricochet every bullet with your gun and catch every, you know, every crab in the air and throw them and kill every <laughs> like it feels like if you're on top of your game that literally nothing around you is going to touch you even though they're all shooting at you all at the same time like it's kind of crazy like so and, how does and, it compare to um the game that's coming to mind is raw data where you're fighting robots as well how would you compare uh, it side by side yeah so it just feels a lot more polished than that but it feels i mean to some extent it does a little bit less like there, are, I mean, at least so far, there aren't any swords or anything like that. Um, teleporting around the room, that kind of thing. Like, I don't feel like it does as great of a job of like, of really like requiring you to move around. I think because it's an Oculus game, everything is more geared towards like you're in streets, you're on streets that are kind of you know contained within buildings, and I feel like it does that for a reason. So you're kind of contained within like. It always feels like most of what's happening around you is like in your periphery and in front of you rather than all around you as much as like gotcha. a game like Raw okay. Data. Um, and, and again, it could get all around you if you teleport to the wrong place, obviously. But I feel like just the way they, they must have designed that game, because they know if you turn around too much with the Oculus, it'll lose tracking. So I feel like they must be doing a pretty good job of like figuring out how to keep things like within the correct place on you so that you're not doing that too often. Yeah. Just to optimize it for gameplay, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so, so those are some differences. Um, but then, yeah, the actual, like actual contact with the enemies feels so much better in robo recall to me. And the graphics are really a lot better. I think it runs a lot better because honestly it looks better to me than it looks like the animations or where it's at. Like, I think, I think where sometimes things feel a little bit less polished, like as, as great looking as, as raw data is in a lot of ways, there's, there's things about when you're actually interacting with the enemies that don't feel right. Like, like when you do hit them with your sword or when you're shooting, like it feels like they don't always interact. Like they don't, I don't know. Like there's something about how, how the enemies in Robo Recall react to you and the way and in your your guns and your weapons and all that that seems like it just looks and feels better. And I think a lot of it has to do with the animation and just the way like everything moves and reacts the way it should in Robo Recall as opposed to just being like kind of, you know, kind of ragdoll yeah, yeah. type stuff in no, that makes data. sense. Okay. So so that's so that's kind of th- those are kind of where but raw data does, to some degree, let you do a little bit more. Um, I think the mechanics that are in 
the the mechanics that are in Robo Recall are more polished and and feel kind of better. But then, yeah, but it doesn't feel as open, I guess. If that, it, it feels like it was much more designed to be to be a certain type of experience than than raw data was. And and also, I should say, I mean, I haven't played it enough. But a major factor is I don't think Robo Recall. I, I I'm probably wrong on this. I need to I need to play more on it. But I didn't get a sense, at least at least in my early play, that it was as multiplayer focused as 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 raw data. So gotcha. so if there okay. is multiplayer in Robo Recall, there might be. I it didn't it didn't look like it from. But I I haven't read up on the game. I this is just my experience at the beginning. So so but like. Raw data feels like even when you're playing single player, after you've played it multiplayer, you can tell like, oh, this is it was kind of made for multiplayer in a way, right? Like it, yeah, like the yeah. environments and everything, it just feels like it works that much better with two people. Whereas, potentially more too in the future, I think. Yeah, potentially, and, and I could see that working great too. But like in 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 Robo Recall, it feels like instead everything's focused on you. Like I don't think. I mean, again, I could be wrong if there is a multiplayer, but like at least the levels that I played, everything is like seems very much crafted in a way to make you feel like you're in the middle of all the action. Um, and I don't think it would work as well if you had multiple people in there. But gotcha, cool man. Well, it sounds like you had you gave a pretty comprehensive uh, <laughs> overview of your experience. Sounds like you're pretty excited about Robo Recall. Yeah, no, it seems re- it's it seemed really cool. So, and and I mean, and I I mentioned that because and I and I think Oculus learned a thing or two um, about how their store works because um, for I mean, if you're not of the faint of heart in terms of you know, kind of messing with files and whatnot. My understanding is that that you can get Robo Recall to work on the Vive without using Revive. So it's my understanding that you can definitely um, you can definitely do that. Like you can get Robo Recall to work pretty well with the Vive. Yeah, and I've heard the same thing too. Yeah, and if you're able to do that, I mean, I think I think people should go check it out because there really isn't anything quite quite as polished as that that I've played at least um, in a while. Um, it's, it, it's great. So, so I think, and it uh, sounds like so, we're losing you to the other side now. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, well, I, I mentioned this briefly before, like other than the touch controllers, if I could play using my Vive headset and the Vive trackers, that would make it that much better because I did feel like I was running into limitations with the tracking. Like at least, at least how I have it set up in my living room, and maybe maybe next week I'll report that I messed with it and it's working better now. And like, you know what I you felt- should try too. Also, is see if you can get it working on Revive, and then give a side by side comparison to how yeah, the, you know, it goes. I might I might have to do that because especially since I have it anyways. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because because a hundred percent, like I mean, the tracking every now and then would kind of give up on me, or like I would try to turn around too much, and something would lose. And I'd, I'd realize, oh, like I need to turn around. Like I, there was just, it was every now and then that just my my vibe, my vibeness kind of rubbed off while I was playing, and it kind of broke it a little bit. So gotcha. that's what, like, but but so like so I mean, my first impressions is that some of the games that Oculus is working on with some of these developers. I mean, obviously, Epic makes great games, um, but I mean. 
Yeah, I can't help but when I see some of these titles, think to myself that there's no reason why this stuff should be limited to one platform. I mean, they they should. I mean, and 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 that's what I was going to get at with you know Lucky's Tale and some of the other titles that came free with the Oculus Rift. Initially, they were just free to anyone that had access to the store. And so if you use Revive, you could gain access to that game. Um, you could gain access to that game uh, regardless of whether you actually purchased it or not. So that was kind of cool. Um, but it was kind of a workaround, right? Like, I mean, Vive owners shouldn't be able to access a free game that was given out by Oculus. Yeah. So, so they did that. So with these games... With the touch, the games that came free with the touch, I noticed that if before the touch actually activated, those games were were for purchase in the store, even though they required touch controllers. So, like Robo Recall was like thirty bucks in the Oculus store, and it said Oculus touch controllers required. But then, as soon as it registered, like as soon as you restarted the store after using your Oculus touch controllers for the first time. That game and the other ones that came free with it, like unlocked, and now all of a sudden I could download them and they were in my library for free. And so I can't help but feel like the reason it's that way is because they kind of know that there might be people trying to access those titles using Revive or yep, something else. I'm sure. And they want they want those people to pay for it. I, I'm sure they have some type of way to be able to to figure out who's trying to access the title. So that but, that yeah. makes a but, little but sense. But it's interesting because like with the original titles that came with the Oculus, they didn't. So like Lucky's Tale, for example, like that's the one that like I always remember is it came free with the Oculus, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the way they did it was it was just free for everyone that had an Oculus, so they just had it free in the store. And so if you if you downloaded Revive, you got to play that game a full title for free. And 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 this could have been done the same way. Instead, they found a way to make it so that that you'd have to pay for it otherwise. And so I just thought that was kind of cool because it, to me anyways, that makes it look like they're in a way encouraging people that are going to play it with the Vive to just purchase it. Yeah, no, other, I mean that's that's, that's how they're going to make the revenue from it. So yeah, so so it's interesting. So I mean. So, so like I said, like to that extent, like if you're able to get it to work with your Vive, like for people out there that, I mean, especially if you're purchasing it, there's I see nothing wrong with purchasing the title and then getting it to work with your Vive, and you should have you should have the ability to play it, you know. Well, for so, for next time, see if you can uh, see if you can get it to work on Revive, and I'd love to hear the experience there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, or, or without Revive, however or, it is. How, yeah, however, however you can get it to run, but. Yeah, but cool. no, I'd be yeah, because that's what because no, there without a doubt, my first experience of using the Oculus is that the tracking system on the Vive is clearly better, and there are clear limitations about how you can play an Oculus game. So if you're used to using a Vive, I think to some extent playing an Oculus, it feels very similar, but it feels just a little bit more limiting. You're usually going to be in a smaller area and you're not going to be able to move around as much. Otherwise, you're going to be losing tracking. And I'm sure you can help that by getting another sensor. But my understanding is even getting a third sensor, like 
it's not perfect, you know? So, so I think that's just, that's just the difference is that Oculus games really are made to be more in one single area, mostly standing, not moving around so much as compared to the Vive. And I mean, all right. I, I can, <laughs> well, yeah, I can I mean, totally, yeah. I can totally see where for some people who care, like they don't have the room to have a great room scale setup. And if you're those kind of people and you don't want to move furniture around and all that kind of thing, then you're going to get a very similar experience with the Oculus, but you're going to have access to these first-party Oculus games. And from what I've played so far, some of those games are really, really good. So, so I think I think that's kind of the kind of the, the the thing you have to ask yourself is: Do you have the space for the room scale setup? And if you do, are you more interested in kind of you know wacky kind of you know like lots of different kinds of experiences? Or are you more interested in kind of, you know, these, you know, usually higher budget, but kind of more straight by the line, you know, straight laced kind of more typical games. And there's, you know, there's an appeal for both, I think. So that's just my early impressions. And I'm sure you guys will get more and more as we kind of go through this. Yeah, well, now you'll be able to to look at both sides. So, yep. yep. Well, um, We'll, we'll wrap this up. I'll just quickly go through my game. It's obviously not as exciting as yours, uh, but I, I played Iron Wolf VR uh, over the last week, and I, I was just browsing Steam, and I, I filtered the HTC Vive games by um, by user reviews, and this one popped up near the top. I think it might have actually been on the first, if not the first, on the second yeah, page. Yeah, I, I think uh, I've so, seen it too. So yeah, I just I just figured I'd give it a shot and see you know what it was all about, just because I mean if it's got that many user reviews, it's got to be something decent. So um, the premise of the game is that you are in like a World War One or World War Two submarine, uh, and you are it's it's actually quite complicated because you have to go through. Uh, you learn how to actually move the submarine. You're the only one there, um, but you're able to move the submarine. You're able to go to, to two different rooms within the submarine, just the front and the back, and do uh, certain things in each. So like being able to, to drive it, uh, being able to uh, determine its uh, you know depth within the water and moving and you know just all, all those types of things, being able to, able to understand the radar. It actually took me a little bit to get um, started with it. And then in the other room, you can use the periscope fire uh, torpedoes, which is pretty cool. And then you can actually, if you're surfaced, go above the um, go above deck and use a gun to shoot down aircraft. And the sense of presence in there was fantastic. I mean, when you're inside like the submarine, it feels almost somewhat claustrophobic because uh, you know it's just. It's just you in there and you, you know, like I said, the presence just, it feels great and you kind of get that natural, um, you know, experience while you're in there. Learning the game took me a little while, but it's it's fun and it, it has a multiplayer aspect too, which I'd love to be able to to, to get involved with. Um, every, cool. time, every time I jumped in though, there weren't any other players. So if you guys are out there playing this game, let me know and I'd love to be able to jump on and try it from a multiplayer aspect just because I feel like it's much easier in that sense rather than having to do everything at, at the same time, especially, you know, driving and shooting. Um, 
because you have to almost go to like two separate different rooms for that, which gets uh, tedious uh, is the word maybe that I'm looking for. But uh, it's a cool game. It's 20 bucks early access, uh, 20 US dollars. Um, so I don't know where that price point, stand, price point stands for people, but it's a game that I think definitely has potential. So if you're <laughs> into that type of of um, experience or game, I would definitely recommend it. Um, and I would say that it's probably very unique at this point or the first of its kind if you're looking for something that's like, you know, nautical battles or, you know, submarines and things like that. Uh, and it's, it is done very well. And, you know, just looking at the Steam store, like, it looks like the dev has been adding some stuff quite regularly to it. And, um, I mean, people seem to really enjoy it. I just want to see some yeah. of these people online in the game. <laughs> yeah, just curious. I mean, when you're getting into different vehicles and whatnot, like, do you have to, do you sit down or? No, it's all standing. Um, okay. but you're able to move around the room, which is cool because, you know, there's, there's a lot of different buttons and levers that you actually need to learn how to press and also need to learn how to actually go about moving the ship. And, and this actually takes me to just a quick point about like, you know, education in VR. Like I, I, I it's not like I was like actively studying, but I felt like if I had to do this quite a bit, it's, it's almost like virtual training for you know, being able to pilot or move one of these types of ships. Um, huh. You know what I mean? And granted, like it's yeah. in, like an old school submarine, but sure, you know, sure. you can easily replicate that for newer aircraft or newer things. And, you know, I, I haven't played elite dangerous, but I'm sure like that could be used almost as a training, you know, a flight simulator of some sorts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so uh, yeah, it, it was just cool to see it in that context. And um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think it would be even more fun with the, uh, you know, with, with the multiplayer. But I think my, my favorite part was actually the air to sea battles, like where you're on top and just firing this kind of, uh, I, I don't know. It's just a, a simple anti-aircraft gun on the, on top of the, um, submarine. And these mm. planes are just kind of flying overhead and they, you know, they, they approach you and the shooting isn't that easy because it's just like one bullet at a time. It's almost like you're firing a tank, uh, shot. And so to actually shoot them down, it, it feels so, uh, vindicating or something you know what I mean? it just feels yeah. so like it just feels awesome like when, when you, you actually get, get it yeah when you when you yeah. get the hit and then and then like the i hit the aircraft as it was flying overhead and then you see it just like crash into the water next to you and like i like that to me was a great sense of immersion because i was like oh holy crap that was you know that actually felt really cool just the entire experience yeah. of it that's really so, cool. But yeah, uh, like I said, I would I would definitely recommend checking that out if you're into that type of game, or if you're if you're into if you're looking for something new and have some extra dollars that you want to spend uh, to support a, a dev and a cool game. I would say that this is one that stands oh. out, and uh, I can see Very why cool. why it's gotten the reviews that it has. Okay. Very awesome. Well, man. But yeah, I mean, with with that, I would say we can wrap up for for the week. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, I, I think those are both. I mean, that sounds really cool to me. I'm gonna have to go check it out. So. Cool, man. Well, I, I haven't actually, I don't have any, I, I personally don't have any like vehicular combat type uh, games that I've really tried. Yeah, so. you, sh you should give it, a, give it a shot. I mean, it's it's worth checking out. And um, I mean, if you don't like it, you can always return it per Steam's policy. So, fair, although fair, I fair. don't want to encourage that. I'm just saying no, that, no, no. you know, it's, <laughs> it, it is available because the thing is, it might not but, be for everyone. So. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. but if, if it is, like I said, it's, it's, it's a cool enough experience and unique enough that I think, uh, people would definitely get a kick out of it, or at least, um, be able to uh, diversify their experiences across, you know, what VR has to offer right now. Gotcha. Okay. All right. 
All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, and that's all I got. How about you? Yeah, no, same. And I think, uh, yeah, next week will be interesting. I think. So. Yeah, we'll, uh, we, we, we're working on that episode for you guys with the, uh, going back through and revisiting some of the games that have been updated. So hopefully we'll be able to get that out for next week. Um, but yeah, with that, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, and of course on YouTube. So definitely come say hello, uh, leave us a review and, um, yeah, and if you want to, if, if you guys want to leave, you know, different titles that, you Oh yeah. There's are, titles to check out looking at, looking at like, not even just new titles, but like, like Zane had mentioned, we're thinking about, you know, going back to old titles to revisit them with new updates. So if you've been playing a game that we've already reviewed in the past that, you know, has received major updates in the last few months, and you want us to take a look at it? Uh, just yeah, put it in a comment on a on the YouTube video or something like that, and uh, and we can add it to the list of games that we're going to be looking at. So that that is actually a fantastic idea. So let's um yeah, <laughs> it's good th- good thing you mentioned that. So let's let's go ahead and do that. If you if there's a game that um like Ronnie was saying that has been updated and we've covered it or maybe we haven't covered it, but it just has gotten some updates over time. Definitely mm-hmm. let us know. YouTube is his place. And um, we'll be going through that list and uh, share with you what we come across for next week. So with that being said, Ronnie, man, have a great rest of your week and uh, you guys all do the same. <laughs>